story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace is uh, a truly classic biblical story. And I remember it made quite an impression upon me as a kid, although uh, its meaning kind of went over my, over my head. But uh, now that I've revisited the story as an adult, I think it makes even more of an impression upon me. And I can understand why this story has encouraged and emboldened Christians down through the centuries. The story begins with uh, good old King Nebuchadnezzar, whose ego was uh, getting out of hand. He was enamored with himself and all the power that he could wield. In fact, I think he would say of himself what Muhammad Ali said of himself. I'm not the greatest, I am the double greatest. Well, one day, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar decided to erect a golden image before whom everyone should bow. Was that image an image of himself that people were to bow down and worship? We're not told exactly, but it wouldn't be surprising given the size of King Nebuchadnezzar's ego. So the story begins, Daniel chapter 3. You can follow along on the screen if you'd like, or even in your own Bibles if you brought them. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide, and set it up on the plains of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. It's kind of funny as you read the story, all the long list of the officials and all the long list of instruments, it just kind of, you know, it just heightens just how uh, pretentious Nebuchadnezzar is and how grandiose he wanted everything to be as, as he carefully orchestrated this celebration around his God. Indeed, when the full orchestra began to play, all the earth was to bow in humble adoration. Well, as it turns out, there were three men who publicly refused to do that. And again, we continue to read. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, 
Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue, or that is, I'm sorry, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, notice they don't use the word king there, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, that the God we serve is able to save us from it, and He will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if He does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So the last two weeks, we have been talking about Daniel, about Daniel's integrity and the strength of his convictions, but now we see that same uh, conviction modeled in his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's not Shadrach, Seshach, and Abednego. Seshach is the closer for the Seattle Mariners. It's, just make sure you get that name right. Those three men knew well the commandment of God. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow to them or worship them. To say those men knew that command, but they were also well aware of the severity of the punishment should they refuse to bow down before this idol. But to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's everlasting credit, they stood their ground and they refused to compromise, they refused to bow down, they would rather die than deny their God. They were so passionate about honoring God, so devoted and committed were they to living out their faith that they were willing to risk everything, even their own lives. And you and I are rightly in awe of those people of faith, those Christians, who down through the ages have made similar decisions to stand for their God no matter what. And still today, many Christians, as you know, are literally putting their lives on the line for Jesus Christ. In many parts of the world, believers pay an enormous price when they stand true. Now, admittedly, it's hard for you and for me to uh, really understand what they're going through. I mean, it's hard to imagine what it is, what it would be like to be in their shoes. But we can ask ourselves the question. In similar circumstances, would we stay true or we would just cave in? And the question is, is our faith worth even dying for? I mean, risking everything? People are willing to die for their country. Are people of faith willing to die for their faith in Christ? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's gutsy devotion of faith is evidence in their words to the king. 
If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and He will rescue us from Your hand, O King. But even if He does not, we want you to know, O King, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They knew that their God was fully capable of delivering them from the fiery furnace. But even if God should choose not to do that, they knew that they were still in God's hands and that somehow they would not ultimately come to harm. They knew that God would remain true to them. They were willing to face anything, come what may. And so the story continues. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. But wait, there's more. This is the best part. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And the reply, well, certainly, O king. He said, well, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. There was a fourth man in the furnace. Nebuchadnezzar couldn't believe his eyes. Who was he? Was he an angel? Christians who read the story can't help but see in that fourth man the presence of Jesus Christ himself in pre-incarnate form. But whether an angel or the Son of God himself, it's enough to say God was there. The fourth man was God himself in the furnace with them. Now, what do you suppose was happening in the furnace? I mean, were, they, were the four of them having a, a conversation? I mean, was the fourth man uh, complimenting the three for their loyalty and, and their devotion? Were the, were the three men um, basically worshiping the, the fourth man who had joined them, thanking him for, their, for his presence and his faithfulness? And to think that their bodies were not even burned. In fact, not even a hair on their body was singed. It must have been an incredibly joyous occasion, meeting God in the furnace. Joy even in the fires of tribulation. Think about this. The furnace turns out to be the place where they met God. Sometimes in our lives, we find ourselves in a fiery furnace. And that furnace turns out to be the place where God meets us also. God decided to deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, but not from it. Now, here's a major 
point of the story. Those three initially hoped to be delivered from the furnace, but God decided to deliver them in the furnace. The preposition is important. You, you know, you all know what prepositions are, you know, those little words like in and through and, and so on. Uh, I believe that God's favorite prepositions are not from or out of, but in and through. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Isaiah. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Apostle Paul, right? In the midst of the fire, the fourth like a son of the gods. Sometimes God delivers people from trials and suffering. They're spared trouble. But it seems more often than not, God delivers His people in their trials and in their sufferings. He doesn't take away their suffering, but He is in it with them and sees them through. Sometimes God delivers you and me from the furnace, thanks be to God, and sometimes God delivers us in the furnace, and it's in the furnace that God, the fourth man, meets us most powerfully, most meaningfully, and most personally. And haven't we known that to be true? We look back in our lives and we think of those fiery times, right? When life seemed to be falling apart. You know, it was getting really hot. And yet, we met God in that place. And God saw us through. Somehow, God gave us what we needed. And God gave us the faith to get through it. Didn't take it away magically, you know but He saw us through. And God became more real in those moments, and our faith grew. The fourth man came alongside us. What initially looked like a place of death for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego was actually the safest and the best place of all because in that place, that hot place, God was there. Now, here is the danger for us followers of Christ in this world, because in this world right now, we all are pretty comfortable. That's not true, as I say, of other Christians in other parts of the world, but right now, in um, Makaltio and Everett and Linwood, I mean, we're pretty comfortable. So the danger, here's the danger, the danger is that the primary goal of our life becomes furnace avoidance. Our temptation is to continually pray, God, deliver me from pain and from anguish and from heartache and sorrow and suffering and convenience. Make my life smooth. Please make my life easy and make life comfortable. Make it pleasant. Remove all the obstacles in my way so that we aim to be comfortable. We don't even like low flame, low heat environments. And that's the kind of message we get from our society. Be comfortable. Do whatever it takes to be comfortable. And we even get that messages in some churches, as though that were the goal of faith, our own comfort. But it's funny, when I look at the life and teachings of Jesus, we are never promised 
furnace avoidance. He never says, follow me, and I will make your life easy and smooth, and, and uh, I'm going to bless you, and uh, you know, if you just put your trust in me, you're going to have that big house and that wonderful spouse and that, that, that incredible car. God has a wonderful plan for you, and so it's all going to come together for you. Where does Jesus ever promise an endless succession of easy days? But instead, Jesus says, follow me, and you will know God, and you will experience outrageous joy, and get ready for trouble. Jesus talks about taking up one's cross, speaks of sacrifice, and of expected hardship, hostility, and opposition. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Following Jesus can be dangerous because Jesus hangs out in dangerous places. He's a furnace kind of a guy. More often than not, he says, I'll meet you in the furnace. Perhaps we should stop praying for less heat, for an easier or more pleasant or more secure life, but you, you and I would be better to pray for more devotion, a stronger faith. Perhaps we need to pray like this, and maybe you can pray this with me. Oh, God, give me an opportunity to show my devotion to you. I want to honor you more than anything I don't ask primarily for comfort or riches or ease or security. If along the way, as I try to live for you and I should experience trials and difficulties and heartaches, then be for me the fourth man in the furnace. If you are there, then I would rather not be anywhere else. I don't know, perhaps you find yourself in kind of a fiery furnace situation. Uh, you find yourself in the midst of a difficult circumstance. Maybe your faith is being sorely tested. Perhaps, you know, you may be receiving unfair treatment. You stand up for things that you believe in and things that you value, trying to preserve your integrity, and you, you find yourself rejected and kind of like thrown into the furnace, and life is hell, and you want out. You may be spared the furnace, but if not, we know who is with us, and He will see us through. I love the words of Isaiah 43. I mean, these are good words to put on your refrigerator, by golly. That's where all important quotations go, right? Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Our fiery furnace, you know, takes different shapes and different forms. I don't know what it might be like for you. Uh, maybe some of you are experiencing hostility at work. I don't know. Maybe you find your colleagues are a bunch of clods, and it's all about me, you know, it's, and the egos are going, you know, crazy, and people are cranky and self-serving, manipulative, negative. And so your fondest prayer may be to uh, somehow be extricated 
out of that situation, that you'd find a new job. It's a fiery furnace and you want out. Well, maybe that is what you need to do. But what if God was calling you to remain in the furnace and you claim the presence of the fourth man so that you're able to love those folks right where you are, to be God's person in that difficult situation? Maybe that's where God wants you to be. And so maybe instead of, being, instead of praying for a different job, maybe you need to pray for a different attitude, that you can be a greater witness to, to folks at work you have trouble liking. Maybe there's a Nebuchadnezzar that God wants to reach through you, but ask God to meet you in the furnace. Well, you will be glad to know, I am happy to report that this story has a very happy ending. Reading again from Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces. That's just like Nebuchadnezzar, isn't it? Be cut into pieces, and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Sometimes it pays to hang in there in the furnace, for God can make us even more fit to be used by Him for His purposes. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us not pray for an easier life. Oh, God, deliver me from pain and discomfort, suffering and convenience. Make my life smooth, please. Make my life easy and comfortable and pleasant. Remove all obstacles in my way. But let us pray for a greater devotion to our God. And if because of our devotion to God, we are cast into the fiery furnace, we can know outrageous joy because of the presence of the fourth man who's in there with us. Do you remember what Paul says in Romans chapter 8? Who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation, even the hottest furnaces will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you.
for your presence in our life. Help us to look for you even at the hottest moments. <laughs> life can get that way, Lord, but you are there. Help us to put our trust in you and find in you our rest and joy. Amen.